All right, hello everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of An Apotheosis of a Bombast. Um, once again, I'm Scott Copperman, and with me, as always, is our good friend from across the Atlantic, Elton McManus. Bonjour, people. How are you? Even though I'm from England. <laughs> but uh, that's just a good tone, because I think after our last conspiracy show, which tended to focus largely on um, American conspiracies, we have a couple of international conspiracies that we were going to talk about in this episode. You get all the good conspiracies out, don't you? Yeah, well, we're the sneaky ones. We're the man. We're the one that nobody trusts. <laughs> so what What does that make us? Your little bitch? I think so. Is it? <laughs> There's one that I had actually heard a couple times that certain cultures try to undermine each other by putting in, like, sex drugs and food and giving it to their kids. Like bubblegum with aphrodisiacs or... Like that in some way... One group is trying to to dilute the population or or corrupt the, the population of another group by attacking their children. I'd actually seen it on a on a website, but I I'd heard it other places too. Which which website is it? Adi dot com, and the claim is that Israel makes Palestinian schoolgirls sexually promiscuous by selling them aphrodisiac gum. <laughs> I mean, it has a bit of that urban legend feel to it, but but in the sense that it is one government manipulating another. And it's apparently got enough attention that the Washington Post has pursued it. What would they get out of it, though? I I don't understand. I would think it has to do with the religious beliefs of the region. Oh, see. Let's see. The authorities requested laboratory tests on a gum. Those tests showed that the gum contains progesterone, which is responsible for sexual arousal and also prevents pregnancies. Like a pill. Palestinian authorities confiscated 200 tons of gum in the city of Al-Khalil alone. Washington Post reports that the majority of Palestinians believe the conspiracy and quoted one Palestinian as saying it was possible to send a spaceship to Mars, then it must be possible to manufacture a sexual gum. <laughs> After all, they are at war. I don't know, it's, it's, it is a bit crazy, but... Yeah, so that they're giving all this gum to children, basically, which boosts up their sexual libido but it's like a pill at the same time maybe it's for the the troops maybe to get all the troops all frisky and so they take the eye off the ball <laughs> let me see if i can get another perspective here we do have a link to the washington post article so we'll make sure we put that in oh here actually now that i have the washington post article it makes more sense The the claim is it aroused irresistible sexual appetites in women undermining islamic morals and self-restraint and at the same time, it sterilized them to suppress Arab population growth. Ah, cheeky kids. And according to the Palestinian supply minister, it is capable of completely destroying the genetic system of young boys. Oh. So. How did they get them over? Did they fly planes over and drop bubblegum out of the back? That would be wicked. Just loads of Hercules airplanes flying over and just open the Bombay doors and <laughs> dropping loads and loads of bubblegum. That'd be wicked. I don't know. According to officials in Gaza, the scum was first spotted at a convenience store. There were several varieties, each of which came with stickers inside. The Legend of Pocahontas, Elijah and the Magic Lamp, Thunder in Paradise, and others. Because Pocahontas had a rather sultry look, and because the gum's Spanish manufacturer mistakenly had put the words adults over 18 on some of the wrappers, Palestinian inspectors seized the supply and then... They tested it immediately, suspecting there would be something related to hormones or sex. Yeah. We are very open-eyed regarding things coming into our country, especially from the Israeli borders. We expect many things. Bloody hell. I guess there had also been a speculation years prior by someone in the country, oh, in Egypt, 
that the Israelis were messing with putting chemicals in gum. So putting two and two together, they started to say, yes, it was made in Spain, but I'll bet the Israelis are behind it. And mm. There's your conspiracy theory <laughs> textbook. Just like Once it gets into the mainstream uh, media, then it just blows all out of proportion once again. Right. Well, and there especially, you have such a hatred of one group towards the other and so much propaganda, both the sense of willingness to believe the outlandish and then the desire to... I hate them so much, I'll claim they did everything. They drink baby blood, they... Yeah, it's crazy. You imagine the boardroom about it. You did send aphrodisiac bubblegum over to our country. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We really didn't. We used red dye number three, but as far as I know, that's okay. <laughs> the blue one, blue ones make you a little bit crazy, but you know, don't worry about them. Well, what's missing is that little bit of truth that... Sometimes you get the thing where it's like, well, actually, red dye number three is made from uh, the male sex glands of such and such, you know, some some chemical that eight degrees of separation is linked to some sort of reproductive function so that there's that tiny grain of distortable truth to it. Yeah. But I don't see that in this at all. This sounds like it's just pure political. Well, I guess the grain of truth would be the fact that the Spanish manufacturer mistakenly put the words adults over 18 on the wrappers, and there's your suggestion of sex. And Yeah. <laughs> so can you think of any other international conspiracies that that you've heard or dealt with before? I, I can think of one. Global warming. <laughs> it's a hoax. Well, apparently uh, there, is, there is something saying that uh, global warming is a fraud. Uh, there were suggestions of a conspiracy to promote the theory of global warming put forward in a 1990 documentary called uh, The Greenhouse Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this documentary was shown in Channel 4 in the UK, and it stated that scientists critical of global warming theory were denied funding. What do you think of that? Well, I think they should move to Texas. Possibly. We want global warming a hoax in the textbooks. Okay, now, I'll put you with the creationists. I obviously believe in global warming but I, I believe it's more climate change than global warming i'm i'm a firm believer of the the cycle of the planet and we go into ice ages and come out of ice ages and stuff like that and it's all circular and there's lots of other factors as well yes we do create a lot of pollution and stuff like that but it's also a great way of raising taxes and getting lots of money for the government's suddenly in the last five years everyone's gone bloody green so so green where six years ago they couldn't give a toss about it you know uh, we had uh, stuff in school about it and saying oh yeah we we must recycle this we must recycle that we must use energy saving bulbs and stuff like that look at your computer it used to have a trash can and now it has a recycle bin yeah (laughs) yeah But I, I agree. I think there is a natural cycle to to climate on the planet. And, you know, the El Nino and La Nina and, and like you said, the ice ages. No matter what happens, we're having another ice age at some point. It'll go through these cycles. But I do think that there's a, it's a measurable impact as a result of our population. And, and it probably is something that can be managed. I tend to think more about the ozone hole. I can remember prior to all the global warming stuff, you'd catch the occasional thing where they show that kind of red spot shadow on the earth yes yeah i remember that yeah then you'd be like this is the ozone hole get rid of the fluorocarbons because the ozone hole is getting larger we can't replace the ozone and all that stuff but i i do think when they talk about like the the ice caps melting 
and they show you, you know, 1987, this was the satellite image, and here's 1991, the 1995. I think sometimes that the accelerated melting is uh, what, what you would see with a, let's say, an ice sculpture. At first, that ice sculpture is going to sit unchanged, and then it's going to start to melt. And as it shrinks, the changes uh-huh. in size will seem much faster. Yeah, It'll go gonna... from a half to a quarter much faster than it goes from full to three quarters. Yeah. It's going to accelerate its uh, melting process, really, isn't it? Right. And that's not that the room has gotten hotter. That's just that's the nature of what's happening. And, and I've heard about how when the poles are covered in ice, it's reflecting a lot more light and a lot more energy. Yeah. But that's a good example because I, I have heard – actually, both sides. I've heard the people who say there is global warming claiming there's a conspiracy to hide it. And I've heard people who say there is no global warming claiming there's a conspiracy – to create global warming as a phenomenon. Oh Christ! No, I, I wouldn't believe in that one. I, I, I believe in the science behind it. I, I believe yes, it is happening, but I also believe there's monetary powers behind it that have just grasped onto it and thought, okay, we can whoop more money out of people. And it it just bugs me that no one cared six or seven years ago, and now mm-hmm. all of a sudden, see, I. I have a problem around here. Too. I, I, I think I've said this to you before. I believe recycling, yes, that's fine. But I don't believe in putting paper in one bag, cardboard in another bag, glossy materials in another bag, and plastics in another bag. It should all Because it all goes to the same place anyway. I know a lot of people say, oh, no, it doesn't. But it does. Mm-hmm. And there, there should be chain gangs of people ripping open these bags of paper or whatever it is and pulling it out and sorting it out and sorting the problem that way and making sure it does get recycled now there's a hell of a lot of recycled stuff sitting there waiting to be recycled but it's too expensive or then the governments aren't getting enough money to recycle it and so they're storing it and it is all about the bloody money i can see two reasons for the big change number one it's you can say, well, they just didn't know any better in the sense that people used to smoke a lot more and uh, people knew smoke was dangerous, <laughs> but they denied the the true nature of it until uh, there was a real push to change. Like here, you can't smoke in bars and restaurants and stuff and um, all the warning labels everywhere, the taxes on them are crazy. Yeah. But also, I think it's almost like an economic survival that... Yes, everybody's gone green because McDonald's stopped using the styrofoam containers and switched to recycled cardboard containers for their food. And economically, that became something that, given two equal choices, people went to the one that seemed to be the better thing to do. Okay. Um, So then you get Burger King and and the other fast food chains saying, well, if you're only going there because they use recycled cardboard, we'll do that too. We'll be green too. We'll sell our milk in recycled plastic bottles and... So you'll buy our milk instead of theirs, and I think it it's spreads in that sense because the general public has latched onto it, or maybe yeah. not even the general public, but Hollywood and celebrity and tax breaks for driving a hybrid and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, would you think that a government would refuse funding for other scientists who turn around and said no global warning is balls, basically? Do you reckon they would actually do that? Yes and no. <laughs> no, not for that. But yes, if that same scientist had shoddy practices and they arrived at that conclusion 
using ridiculous methodology. And so that this guy can say, they didn't like my outcomes, and the government says, no, we didn't like your methods. It just happens that your outcome is contradictory to ours. Oh, I see. Hmm, you know what I mean? That... Like, that that's a convenient excuse. Like, like the kid who fails a test and says, oh, it's because the teacher didn't like me. Well, well, they say here all the time that America has had occasional spikes in gas prices. And when it gets to be in a certain range, a lot of noise is made and you start to get people going, I'm going to walk to work every day and we're going to start carpooling and, oh my God, I can't pay that much every month. So Mm -hmm. the suggestion is that if the American government would take a stand and inflate our fuel costs to match what you pay and what other countries pay, it would change the American mindset that we would embrace this idea of renewable energy and and electric cars and but that right now it's the change itself is more inconvenient than the fuel costs and such like that so what well, the, the change over to <clears throat> something more uh, far more greener than like fossil fuels and stuff like that right that that we won't take a step until we have to I, i've heard people call for um basically call for conspiracy say that you know a president should sit there, go out on a limb, and say, "We're tripling the price of gas. Deal with it. <laughs> so, change your behavior." Right. And perhaps that's kind of what's going on with the global warming, in the sense that it's big business that's being affected. I'm not being forced to go and buy a hybrid or, or change whether I drive my kids to school or walk to school. But companies with the penalties and the taxes and the the legislation that's being passed on them are making the switch to green this and recycle that and change to these fluorescent bulbs. And and so you're seeing kind of a second-hand or second-step impact. Yeah. But that also puts how a lot of businesses out of out of business as well, doesn't it? I, I remember um, London. Do you have, like, a congestion charge or anything like that where you have to drive into a, a main city and then, then pay to drive around that main city? The closest thing we have is a city like New York – because it's an island, you have bridges and, and tolls going in. Yeah. So bringing your vehicle in, you pay. Yeah. And, I mean, it's like a high, it's a steep fee. Right, because uh, London's got this uh, congestion charge, and the whole idea was to reduce the fumes within London, you know, remove the old smoke, as it were. And it's all about making money now. It really is. There's Congestion hasn't really improved you're still getting exactly the same amount of cars driving around London and they hike up the price and they hike up the price and they know that people are just going to drive down there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not about making London cleaner anymore. It's about, okay, how much more money can we rip out of these people? But then again, there is going to be a cut-off point where people won't be able to afford it. And I think it's down to, instead of trying to be greener, they're saying, I can't afford this, so I have to find another another method of getting around. It's nothing to do with being green. Now, my house, I've got energy-saving bulbs all over the place. Mm-hmm. The reason why I've got them is because it's cheaper to run them. Yeah. That's the reason why I've got them there. And that sounds a bit ooh, bit aloof. No, I know what you mean. You understand the the right thing, wrong thing kind of thing, but your overall motivation is, is more practical than ideological. Yeah, it's to get my bills down. And I, yeah. I think that's the mindset of a lot of people in this country. Because they're handing out free bulbs now. You, know, you, you go to Tesco's or somewhere like that, and they'll, they'll give you like three or four free bulbs for no yeah, reason make the at switch. all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but where I was paying seven or eight quid per bulb like two years ago. 
but I, I think with you, I think global warming scientifically exists. I think there are definitely facts being manipulated on both sides, both yes. in the denial of it, its impact, and the sensationalism of it. So it's funny that that's a case where both sides are claiming somebody's holding the truth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, totally agree with you there. We were talking in the last show about memorable moments. And I can remember where I was with September 11th, and I can remember where I was for the Columbia and the Challenger, both both actual uh, shuttle accidents. But I can also remember learning about Princess Diana. Oh yeah, and the crash. That's something that like, the longevity and and how much something stays in the news was her her boyfriend and his father, the father of the boyfriend, really made a big case. Right, he won a big investigation, said it was a, a conspiracy against her. The, well, yeah. the royal family was after trying to keep her out. Yeah, there was uh, obviously you, you had uh, there was four people in this car, weren't there? There was Princess Diana, the bodyguard. Yeah, the bodyguard. You had Dodie Fayed and Henri Paul, who was the driver of the car. Right now, the conspiracy is that Dodie Fayed had asked Diana to marry him, and Dodie, being a Muslim, Princess Diana is the mother of the future head of the Church of England, mm-hmm. and. There's the conspiracy where the the royal family bumped them both off. Otherwise, if they had got married or had children, then you could possibly have a second royal family in England because, you know, she was the queen of hearts over here and everyone loved her and no one had a bad word to say about her at all. And you did have a clash of the royal family was very stuck in its way at the time. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's... It's moved on, and it's it's more up to date with stuff. And I don't know if the Queen Twitters or not. <laughs> I'm not too sure. <laughs> but you know, ten, fifteen years ago, is very, very stuck in its way, and it's all very imperial, and had to be done this way. And there was very sharp drops in between the classes, and the thought of the future head, well, the, the mother of the future head of the uh, Church of England marrying a Muslim and creating this second royal family was just unthought of and couldn't possibly happen. Right. Uh, Mohammed Al Fayed has taken it to court over the last ten years to try and prove that either uh, uh, Prince Philip or Prince Charles had tried to knock them both off. Right. Well, they, or someone's regular driver wasn't involved. Paul kind of filled in. On report, yeah. One thing I remember hearing is that it was like a faked death because her bodyguard's still alive. Was it Reese Jones? Trevor Reese Jones. That's it. Yeah. That's him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's. Uh... Well, um, on report was Dodie Al Fayed's. Uh, main driver as far as I'm aware and when you get the call from Dodie Alfired then you mm-hmm. you come to work and apparently he was pissed as a news right I remember that the scene the video footage of him security camera yeah but he, he looks fine on the security camera doesn't he but there was uh, blood tests at the scene and blood tests after and they're saying that all the blood tests were switched to, to make it look like he was drunk and yeah I remember seeing reenactments of it anyway where they showed how the flashes from the paparazzi would have been so disturbing for the driver and it, it's one of those things that a lot of people did the wrong thing the, the paparazzi followed too close the limo driver was possibly drinking driving definitely too fast well, yeah, he, he knew the roads like the back of his hand. Yeah. But obviously, you know, I don't know how much he had to drink, if he had anything to drink at all. Right. He, uh, apparently, he clipped a car, uh, a white Fiat Panda, I think it is, going into the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And that's what sent him into a spin into the into the column, I think the 13th column under that tunnel. What's happened with the security guard? Does he not remember anything? 
I would imagine it's just like a big blur. Yeah, he's the only guy who was actually wearing a seatbelt in the car, and that's the reason why he survived. Mm-hmm. So, kids, wear your seatbelts. Yeah. But as far as I'm aware, that he has no recollection of anything at all. I'm not sure if he has recollection of actually getting in the car or what, but why, why the hell didn't he tell everyone, okay, right, we're driving at speed, put your seatbelts on, guys. <laughs> it's going to get a bit hairy. Yeah. I can't believe that. That's the first thing I do when I get in a car, is uh, stick my belt on. But, you know, would the royal family actually take her down because of it? I think there's just, again, lots of little factors that kind of contribute to the idea of a conspiracy, although it, it looks like it's just an unfortunate accident. It happens in the blink of an eye, instantly. And... Well, did you see the state of that car? Mm-hmm. And I, I know they, uh, the fire brigade obviously cut the roof off the car as well to get to the passengers, which makes the whole scene look hell of a lot worse than what it is. But they totaled that car. Yeah. And that car is reinforced and I don't know whether it's bulletproof or, or what, but I'm not saying it's like a, a motorcade that Barack Obama drives around in. It's nothing like that. But it's going to be the top of the range and you know extra thick windows at least. I'm looking at some of the information on it, and again, this this could be misinformation, but it says that Paul had a blood alcohol level three times the legal limit. At the end of a two-year police investigation, the paparazzi was largely exonerated, although they certainly were the reason that the limo was speeding. Yeah. But the shift in official circles has shifted to Paul. But conspiracy-wise, you're right, the limo hit this white Fiat, and it's not not common knowledge uh, who was driving the Fiat, so perhaps it was you know, the Secret Service driving that, forcing it to collide with the pillar. The closed-circuit security cameras from the tunnel were either tampered with or summarily disposed of. It says that there was a rumor that she was pregnant. Those are the things people claim, but the facts, again, as we said many times, less widely discussed. Blood tests show Diana was not pregnant. All the vehicles are accounted for. All ten of the traffic cameras in and around the tunnel, none of them were position to record the event and all the footage that's on there is has been looked at there's nothing missing yeah so it's stuff like that that leads to the the conspiracy theorists coming out the woodwork really isn't it you know why weren't the cameras positioned and it just so happened to be in that tunnel yeah and you know what happened to the driver of that car and was she pregnant and why was she embalmed after you know she died yeah Obviously, which, you know, tampers with the toxins in her blood, and then you can't test whether she is pregnant or not, apparently. Right. And you had, um, what was it, her brother, who just had such a negative attitude toward uh, the rest of the royal family anyway. Yep. But, like, people say things when they're upset. People make accusations. People think less than rationally. And he's on the news making these claims. A week later, he might have calmed down. He's he's feeling like, that's not what I meant. But that's, again, that's not news. So Yeah. She's just such a popular figure, though, that I'm sure it's one of those things that no excuse is good enough. See, I didn't see all the um, the news breaking because it happened overnight where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember where I was. I was uh, I was quite drunk, actually. Mm-hmm. I was uh, snoozing it off, and uh, my mother-in-law came into the room and, you know, oh, Princess Diana's died. Uh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> I just rolled over. And, yeah. You know, sat there for a little while. Really? Did she say that? Honestly, and then we turned the TV on. It was everywhere. You couldn't get away from it at all. And then for the next year or so, it didn't matter what paper you picked up or wherever magazine. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was her face plastered all over it. She was one of the most widely covered women in the world, anyway. Oh yeah, of course, definitely. She sold you know so many front covers and stuff like that, and 
And there were so many questions that, you know, magazines and newspapers could sit there and throw something out there, see if it stuck, you know, uh, put a few disclaimers in so they couldn't get sued. We heard, we suspect, reported, accused, suspected, and run their articles. See, from my point of view, I think it was just a a tragic accident that, you know, they entered a tunnel, they clipped a, a car going into the tunnel and it spun them around and... That was it. You know, the paparazzi shouldn't have been chasing them. Mm-hmm. The way they, they weren't even chasing them, they're hounding them. And, you know, it shouldn't have got that bad. It, you know, stuff like that sometimes has to happen for people to back off and realize what's going on. And it's a shame that that stuff has to happen. Yeah. But it, it probably had the same set of circumstances 15 other times in the previous two to three weeks. And fate and luck made it that they just didn't, didn't have that accident. You know, had that car yeah. not been there, they would have got through the tunnel and it. Would have just yeah, been another rough day. Possibly done it 20, 30 times previously to that, and he's like, oh, okay, do, 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 drive through the tunnel, and there you go, one big white fear in your way. Mm-hmm. And that's all it takes. That one's put to bed. Mm-hmm. Have we got any more? I can see one sitting on my pieces of paper screaming out to me, but I, right. I don't know if you want to leave that till last. Well, you got, got anything from your list, european styley? Paul McCartney's dead, and we've been listening to an imposter. For the last 35 years. Really? Yes. Didn't you hear? So there's only one Beatle left. Uh, yeah, there's only one left. Ringo. Uh, don't call him Ringo. You can't call him by his stage name anymore. <laughs> peace and love, peace and love. Did you hear about him? No. Uh, I think it was just before Christmas. He refused to sign any more autographs or please don't send me any pieces of paper and stuff like that for me to sign. I'm not going to be doing it. I've had enough. I've had 40 years of it. Please don't send any more stuff. Peace and love, peace and love. And then he went. (laughs) (laughs) I think he stuck it out on YouTube. Well, um, Paul McCartney is dead. And I actually don't know the, the, didn't know the details about it before our show, other than it's something you always heard and, you know, you play the Beatles records backward or. You look at the album covers a certain way, and there's all these symbols and such. But to just quickly summarize what it is from about.com, it says there's endless variations, but the main version is that Paul McCartney was killed in a car crash on Wednesday, November 9th, 1966, after storming out of a band argument. Some people throw in that lovely Rita meter maid is someone Paul picked up hitchhiking or was distracted by while he was driving. But basically... It's supposed to be that he was mutilated in this accident, decapitated, had his teeth knocked out, whatever it was, so that he could never be identified. And with too much at stake, the band manager and surviving Beatles decided they would use the winner of a McCartney lookalike contest. (laughs) This guy, William Campbell or William Shepard, a couple tweaks with plastic surgery, and they put him in the band. And the rest, as they say, is history there that he's kind of gone through and he's been a part of, of Beatles lore forever. Yeah, some people say that uh, Wings is proof of this as well. <laughs> <laughs> the the actual source of the conspiracy idea, the Paul is Dead site, says that DJ in Detroit, Michigan, got a phone call from a student who said, hey, if you play uh, Revolution 9 backwards, there's a voice that says, turn me on, dead man. And at the very end of Strawberry Fields Forever, a voice says, I buried Paul. And so the DJ played it, and everyone's like, well, I hear it too, I hear it too. Just just like when you see the face in the smoke or the look at the bunny in the clouds. And Yeah. There is a website with a list of uh, visual and audio clues that you can look for. We'll put them in there. See, I, I call this a hoax only because have you heard the frog song? That is one of the greatest songs ever written. <laughs> I don't think I have. Have you not heard the frog song? And it... The video was all cartoony. It had Rupert the Bear in it. It was brilliant. It was when I was five-ish. <laughs> it's one of the greatest songs ever written, ever. 
It's better than imagine. <laughs> I would I would agree it's a hoax. I don't know if it even technically fits in as a conspiracy theory other than it has one of the most popular bands ever pulling one over on America and fans across the world. But I don't know. I, I don't buy it because, I mean, if you were this man who became Paul McCartney, wouldn't you – you'd want people to know it was you. Yeah. Maybe Paul McCartney was cloned and cloned again and cloned again because he doesn't really seem to age much, does he? No. Obviously, he, he he must have grey hair and whatnot, and he always seems to diet, and he always ends up with um, quite attractive young ladies. But he's got those jowls. Those, like, cheeks just keep sagging lower and lower. There's nothing wrong with jowls on a man. <laughs> oh, beautiful. He's a wonderful, wonderful man. <laughs> it could be like, um, did you ever see the movie Multiplicity, where Michael Keaton gets cloned over and over? No, and I haven't seen that, no. He's like, oh, I'm so busy, I want to spend time with my family and all, and I think Andy McDowell plays his wife. So yeah. he gets a clone. That's great. You know, if I had more clones, I could do even more. And as he keeps cloning, you start to get, like, the stupid clone, the horny clone. That Like, <laughs> each one is, like, more uh. and more flawed as it goes farther down. And it might be the same thing with McCartney. <laughs> further and further he goes down his creative line, he gets more flawed. That's right. I think it's more just the fluky artistic style of, of the Beatles. and uh, They hadn't released uh, Sgt. Pepper's at that point, had they? And No, it was after. I... And then Sgt. Pepper, they say, is like a whole funeral ceremony. Well, could they be playing on that on that uh, vibe, just putting little messages in there just to play with the, the fans and the conspiracy theorists? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they had a laugh at the conspiracy theorist expense. Yeah, they've always seemed quite a fun band to me. They haven't. Yeah, they are very uh, serious musicians and stuff like that. But they've always had that fun side to them, haven't they? Mm -hmm. Especially since like the Blue Album and stuff like that. I always think when people say, "Oh, you got to play the record backwards," like nobody plays a record backwards. Well, especially now, like with CDs, you don't don't play it backwards at all. But I mean, if it was something like whispered or like subliminal subliminal visual messages they talk about how like in uh, photographs sometimes there's things kind of drawn in or highlighted or they flash single frames of an image like that kind of stuff i could see but gee you know your brain is actually going to process this backwards i, I don't buy that so i don't buy the the one frame in a film uh, apparently there's a story where they they did this subliminal messages in cinemas mm -hmm. and they, they'd put making you like, thirsty Coke. and stuff yeah and popcorn and you wouldn't see it, but your brain would recognise it, and you'd just be thinking, "Hmm, popcorn." I don't. I, I find that very hard to believe that that actually works. I, don't know, I, I think that might work, but I think it would have to be like massive exposure. I don't think it's the kind of thing where you see it once and your brain's like, "I'm thirsty. I'm going to get up." But I could picture if every forty seconds one frame popped in that you know sent a message that then um, at, the, at the end of the movie, if someone said to you, "Hey, you want to get something?" Yeah, I'll, I'll get a coke. Yeah, but then there'd be lots of DVDs on the um, on the internet that you could buy for your misses. Mm -hmm. So when when you want some oompy boompy time, you could put the DVD on. So oh, let, let, dear, let's just watch this, and it's like sexy and stuff like that flashing up in front of her, and she wouldn't know it, and she'd be like, "I'm I'm suddenly feeling horny. What's going on?" <laughs> well, yeah, not not that it would stop anyone, but I think it's illegal. I think it's. It might just be illegal because they didn't know if it would work and they just were playing it safe. But I guess if it really worked, then there would be plenty of people making stuff on YouTube where every 30th frame was, go to this website, go to this website. Yeah, of course, yeah. All right, well, we'll, we'll call it a hoax. <laughs> it's officially it. busted. Officially done. Yeah, so... Uh... What, should we do one more? I think so. Okay. I know which one it's going to be. I know it, I know it, because it's been on every conspiracy website I've seen. It's been in every top ten I've seen so far. You want to talk about 
the reptiles ruling the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I've never heard that, but it's on every website I look at. That's crazy. Have you, have you seen it popping up that, like, you know, the Queen of England and, you know, George Bush are actually shape-shifting aliens? Yeah, I've seen that everywhere. I've looked, looking for a bit of revision for this, and <laughs> it's everywhere, and... What the hell are they thinking? Is it because the movie V is uh, is it viral marketing for that? Like when um, Cloverfield came out, but it's everywhere. Yeah, it seems so bizarre though, doesn't it? That the Queen of England could be a, a shape shifting reptile. Yeah, and her her long lost cousin could be a chameleon. <laughs> Just seems so bizarre and so out there. I'm on TimeMagazine dot com, the top ten conspiracy theories. Nine um, Eleven, we talked about. The aliens we talked about, Paul's dead we talked about, moon landing we talked about, um, a couple other ones we haven't. But here in this top ten is the reptilian elite. They're, they are among us. See, a lot of people would say that George Bush couldn't be a reptile because they're not slimy. <laughs> but then then again. Didn't it originate with someone, in like a European reporter? Because I've seen this name a couple times too, David I-C-K-E. Uh, David Icke. Icke. Yes, he's a born-again Christian who thought he was... Um, the son of God. He used to be either a sportsman or a sports commentator on grandstand over here or something along them lines anyway. And then all of a sudden he woke up one day saying, I am the son of God and you must bow be- you know, below me. And he's been on lots of chat shows saying that he is the son of God and preaching it everywhere. And now after many years of doing it, he's backed down and said, OK, I'm not the son of God, but I'm very powerful. So don't pee me off. Jeez. It's a bit like um, Uri Geller, or Uri Geller, yeah. thinking that he can bend spoons and manipulate minds. And there was a story, I remember it, David Beckham broke his foot before one of the World Cups in, when would it have been, 2002, I think it was. Just before, he was playing a Champions League match and he ended up breaking one of his metatarsals in his foot. And one of the newspapers jumped on this and then they got Uri Geller in an aeroplane or helicopter mm-hmm. and... He had his hand over the picture of David Beckham's foot and asked everyone else to send healing powers to this foot <laughs> and to put their hand over the picture of David Beckham's foot as well and the whole country to join hands and send healing powers. And when his foot miraculously healed over time, then he said it was down to him. Crazy fool. I don't know. It's amazing how some people are so charismatic they can start things like that, but that's just so far-fetched. And, and it's made... It's beaten out other things we've talked about. <laughs> it's made the top ten. You know, it's... That's awesome. But if there's people worrying about that, then surely if that is the only thing they're worrying about, then they've got pretty cushy lives really, haven't they? Uh, yeah. No worries about money or work or family or kids or anything like yeah. that. But no, aliens are taking over. We have like the Weekly World News and the National Enquirer and all those by, by the cash registers, and they have a photoshopped picture of the president shaking an alien's hand and yeah. all stuff. That's that's the only place I had ever heard that kind of thing. I never imagined it had this kind of fan base. That's a huge following for it, isn't it? Yeah. So that's not the one you were going to talk about. No. Um. Surprisingly, I think everyone's going. Oh yes, we know what it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's JFK. Oh yes, the magic bullet and the CIA conspiracy to to take him out. Okay, what are your views? Was there one shooter, or were there was there a second gunman on the grassy knoll? I think there was one shooter. There was one shooter. Yes, I'm thinking along them lines as well. Do you think it was Lee of Lee Harvey Oswald? Yes, 
Right. I think what they say happened, happened. I've seen all the the documentaries, the computer simulations, and the Zapruder film, and all those things, and I understand why there's the iffiness, the sound of the two gunshots. I've heard a satisfactory explanation of that. All little things that, yes, you shouldn't expect it to happen, but in reality, people do things that create unusual uh, sounds and noises and images and such. I think there's a group that certainly didn't mind that the president was killed. Right, okay. And and they may have even helped smooth things along without Oswald knowing that they were doing it. Yeah. Maybe he should have never been able to get here or there or buy this or whatever, but doors were opened without him even realizing. But I do not think it was the mob or the CIA undermining that way. Right, so you don't think it was more in deep into the government at all? No, I don't think it was rejection of that choice of a leader so much as... Because there was all all this uh, talking about the uh, Cuban crisis, Cuban Missile Crisis, is that right? Yes. And apparently uh, JFK didn't want to go to war or fire warheads or whatever it was. I'm very low on intelligence about this, but he didn't want to get involved in it and wanted to pull out of the whole situation. Right, he didn't want to get baited into starting the nuclear war. Yeah, and the military... Basically, if there's nothing going on, then there's no need for a military, so funds are cut. Mm-hmm. So there's a rumor going around that, okay, well, you know, we need something to bring the money in, so let's start something and let's remove this guy from office because he's causing a lot of problems. Well, the two things that I think undermine that are this. You have Kennedy was a big supporter of, of going to space, and you would think that... History shows us most of our exploration is the military. Certainly, if we were to go to space and we had visions of, of going and colonizing the moon or Mars or not knowing what we might find out there, I mean, there's definitely there's a future for the military in that. But also, if there was a, um, a military motivation for this, then I think after the assassination, we would have seen a World Trade Center type threat level orange, lockdown, fear of the rest of the world. Right. Like, the Russians, the Cubans, they've been able to assassinate our president. I mean, that if the military wanted uh, to be able to have more power, that was their chance to do what people say Bush and Cheney did after the World Trade Center. Right. And it didn't happen. We didn't go and bomb Cuba. No, it was more of a sense of uh, pull yourself together and get through this crisis right. than well, actually search out someone because they actually caught Oswald, didn't they? Right. And I, I think if there was a sense that he was just a patsy and the military was looking for an excuse to build themselves up, then that would have been it. Yeah. See, I've seen a lot of um, documentaries explaining this magic bullet as well. Mm-hmm. And the way that they've set the, the car out, they say that the bullet goes in and then turns left and turns right and then does a double back through someone's wrist and stuff like that. And right. I've seen documentaries where they've actually lined up the seats purposely because JFK's seats were raised up higher so he could see further out into the car so passers-by could actually see him clearer than the actual driver. And you look at it, he looks a lot higher up than the actual driver. Yeah. It wouldn't be the driver, it would be the guy in front of him, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. And he's sitting a lot lower. So they forgot to compensate for that, and that's where the magic bullet has come from. Right. There's this tendency to look at this and other things with just like a very plain 
approach. A car can't go that fast, or you would never have uh, this angle, but you have to take in the special circumstances, the car being the way it was, the route it was taking. The Okay, going on the, the single shooter theory, explain the back and to the left part of everything then. The way I see it is his, the trauma to his head was at the back, wasn't it? Right. It was an exit, exit wound was there, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, well, a, a big trauma, I can't remember where the entry wound would have been. Unless the bullet didn't come out and it was in his brain because his brain apparently disappeared after that as well, didn't it? They they weighed it and then it was gone. Mm-hmm. I don't know offhand the explanation, but I remember seeing and being satisfied with explanations yeah. on some of these. Quick glance, yes, it does seem unusual, but that there there seem to be explanations that do make sense, but they're just not the first ones that come to mind. They're the kind of thing that you need that little bit more information or need to look at the circumstances specifically. Yeah. And things like you said, like the brain was weighed and it's gone. There's so many elements to these conspiracy cases where people sit there and point to missing evidence or or things that weren't gathered. I have to think that unless you know ahead of time that something is going to be scrutinized, and maybe now in this day and age, it is reasonable to expect that whatever you do will be gone over with a fine-tooth comb. But back in the 60s where... Generally, if if the government said, today's not Saturday, it's Sunday, you were just supposed to accept that. I think that back then there wasn't that, that feeling that you were going to have to defend yourself. But even that, they didn't have to defend themselves until 30 years later when yeah. when people looking to make a name for themselves find things are missing. But uh, obviously the president assassination is, is a big deal, but I mean, you could collect evidence on that for 60 years. So somewhere you have to draw the line. Yeah. Things seem mishandled, but president was shot. They had the man who did it. Nobody felt like they had to sit there and keep his brain just in case we need to find out later. Yeah, I'm trying to find on the internet when the notes are going to be released from the government on this. Isn't it something crazy like 2074? It's uh, another one of those things that's redacted to death. Yeah, waiting until absolutely everyone and their kids have died who's involved in it. Another reason why I think... There's not a conspiracy there to be exposed is, although the family had its share of tragedies, you have Ted Kennedy, who was a very highly prominent member of the government. It's not like enemies of that family or the opposing party have been in power nonstop since that happened. There have been plenty of Kennedy-friendly presidents. Yeah. You know, members of the same political party, close personal friends. If there was something to expose, there were there are people who would have done it. Yeah, a lot of it would have come out by now. Yeah. Let's go back to the reptilian elite for a moment here, because the reptilian elite must have taken power sometime after Kennedy. So maybe they're involved in the assassination. Maybe they maybe they are the CIA operatives. No, I, I call that your bluff on that, because they would have used a laser gun and destroyed him like that. And then everyone would have known that the, <laughs> the lizard people were here. The lizard people. And then the spacecraft would have landed moments <laughs> after the motorcade had driven off. We are here to take over your planet. Sorry for the mess. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a quick look at the top ten wackiest conspiracy theories, according to the Two Spare website, which is one that you had mentioned earlier, and see if we've covered them all, and we're good to close this out. Go on, then. All right, so number one, the dinosaur-like alien reptiles are dominating the world. So I'm starting to believe that now. The more that we speak about it, the more it's getting drummed into me. Christine Fitzgerald, a confidant of Diana, Princess of Wales, claims that Diana told her the royal family was reptilian aliens. I've heard that, yes. I'll bet she did say it. I'll bet she was just pissed off and 
That'd be like if I said, oh, she's such a bitch, and then someone said, he claims that they were actually shape-shifting dogs. Yes, and now we're getting taken over by Alsatians and Huskies. Yeah. All right, so we covered that. Apollo yeah. 11 moon landings, fate, we covered that. September 11th, we covered that. Yep. Barcodes are really intended to control people. Um... Some conspiracy theorists have proposed that barcodes are really intended to serve as a means of control by the world government or that they are satanic in intent. I don't believe they're satanic. No, I don't think so. I think that's just... There is a, a possibility that they could match up all the barcodes that you've taken from the tills with your credit card and then they know exactly what you're buying. But then again, they know what you're buying anyway, don't they? Yeah, it's part of data collection, but... This uh, says, Mary Stewart Ralph claims that barcodes secretly encode the number 666. That, that's just going, right. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah. But how peed off would you be if you were being watched on barcodes and you turned up the next week at the supermarket and they didn't have Oreos on the shelf? And you'd be like, well, hang on. How many people are you following and you don't have Oreos on the shelf? <laughs> you know, exactly, I come in here every single week and there's no Oreos. And then you could kick up a stink. They do do that, though, already. And it's not a big deal, like... Not that, not that they don't have the Oreos, but that they follow you. Because you go to the grocery store here, and at the end, you get your coupons. Yep. And, hey, I just bought um, Kellogg cereal. And out comes out three cereal coupons trying to get me to try the other brands. Or Pepsi would like to give you a free soda. Thank you for buying three Yeah, today. and then you get store cards as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah. There's All lots right. of ways of people tracking you, so. That's a silly one. This one I never heard before, and if I thought it had more substance, I would suggest we look into it, but it just seems like it's a dead end. Uh, Charlemagne never existed. He's a fictional character, and I've also seen extensions of this where like an entire historical period, the early Middle Ages, 614 to 9-11, never occurred. Oh, a period of time that was, yeah, never existed. I don't know if it's something with a calendar, or I mean, I've seen a couple of different things, but I, to me, it just was like crazy. Yeah, it's very matrixy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Number six is the aliens landing at Area 51, which we talked about Roswell and such. Yeah, we know they crashed. Yes. Uh, Do you ever hear Bob Lazar? He claims he worked there, reverse engineering technology. People say that, like, Velcro and all that stuff uh, comes from alien things, and little at a time, (laughs) the government is releasing, like, state-of-the-art technology. Velcro comes from Area 51, wicked. All, all the um, aliens coming down had bum bags with Velcro on yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number seven is September 11th. Specifically, they talk about that Wingdings font being a secret message. Um, one of the uh, airplane numbers that was part of our trivia quiz over Easter. Yep. So we've covered September 11th. Um, the U.S. military caused the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami uh, caused by an electromagnetic pulse that the U.S. military was experimenting with. No, call that fake. Yeah, that's just... Uh... There's lots of suggestions that people are dusting clouds to make it either rain or to re- to remove rain clouds. And I can understand that to a certain extent, but no. No, that was just a unfortunate happening. Yes, because those things do happen in nature. Uh, number nine, the Nazis had a moon base. Uh, Hitlerists and conspiracy theorists interested in Nazi mysticism in World War II have speculated the Germans landed on the moon back in 1942. According to their theories, it's believed the Nazis had made contact with half a dozen alien races, including the reptilians. And yet they still lost the war. Exactly. And then number 10, which is probably the, the one to end on here, Kentucky Fried Chicken, the fast food franchise here, 
is owned by the Ku Klux Klan, and their chicken products are laced with a drug that makes only black men impotent. <laughs> and all it says after that is, ironically, the Kentucky Fried Chicken franchise is actually owned by an African-American man. So I think we can call that busted right there. That's wicked. Unless I he's full that. of self-loathing, I think that one's done. So there's plenty of things to be uh, immoral here, but you had said something earlier that I think has to be the moral. Back when we were talking about Princess Diana, because you just blurred it right out. You said, children, you got to wear your seatbelts. Yeah, children, wear your seatbelts. Listen to me, kids. That's why Trevor Reese is alive today. Yeah, there's full-blown proof that they do actually work. Yeah. <laughs> See, we're, we're saving lives and trying to entertain at the same time. Saving lives. That's what we do here. God bless us. <laughs> You could link these all together. So you had, according to the one theory, Princess Diana had told someone that the reptilians were in charge. And so then they used this electromagnetic pulse technology that they were testing in the Indian Ocean to send the white fiat in that area, which was uh, driven by a Paul McCartney impersonator. <laughs> and it was all a plot to... No, it's driven by Ringo Starr. Peace <laughs> and love, peace and love. Sorry. <laughs> All right, I guess we're in a good spot to end. So I hope hope episode 20 and 21 have been a treat. We have a couple more things like this that we're going to be doing in the future. We've mentioned before we have something big on the horizon, which continue to watch the space. And I'm sure we missed a couple big conspiracies. Feel free to send us some things and share some links and information and all. Definitely. Always like getting feedback, yep. large or small, good or bad. Yep. And uh, just check the website. we got lots of things up there, lots of show notes and links. Yeah, there's tons up there, isn't there? Yeah. We work <laughs> bloody hard for everyone, you know. We do. It's for free, too. Yeah, you punks. You better like it. <laughs> so I guess uh, we'll be back again next week. Okay. Toodaloo. Later. Bye.